Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Paul Ivans. Paul, thank you very much for joining me. Hey, good morning. Thank you for the invite, Simon. Uh, you're very, very welcome. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted that um, Mark and Sam managed to get you on to their podcast uh, before you before you came on to this, but um, it, it, I think it was myself who recommended uh, you to go on that podcast, and I really, really enjoyed that episode that you did. Um, obviously we've worked together quite a bit so I knew what uh, what was going to happen in that podcast but I was like you've added so much value in that you've got to come onto this podcast and add some more value um, to to other estate agents yeah. um, and I, I want to jump straight in with um, home search actually because you put a post out in the home search community on Facebook probably a couple of weeks ago or something and it was utterly ridiculous, the results you've consistently got for a while now. So can you just share a quick uh, synopsis of, of that post, of, of what you'd said? Yeah, sure. It's, I mean, we've, we've I mean, as you know, or um, obviously the listeners won't, but we've been using Home Search, I think now, for 20 months or so. Um, and it was in the, the dark days of covid <laughs> Whether yeah. we were in lockdown at the time, I can't remember. But um, yeah, I, I think I had uh, a marketing email um, sent to me actually from a colleague, um, and he said, "Look, I think we should have a look at this because at the time we were struggling with the amount of market appraisals that that we book were booking." Um, so I had a look at it, um, jumped onto um, a Zoom meeting as as we did all of the time back yeah. then. I had a chat. Um, Later on, I think it was a month or so later, first spoke to yourself um, to get a bit of an insight as to um, what what you do or what you recommended. Yeah. And really took from all of those meetings um, the different ideas that, um, you know, we you were looking at and sort of like made it more um, us in terms of like Green yeah, Company. Yeah. And we, we came up with um, content. We um, reviewed that content and we, we then kind of hit on um, what we term um, good news stories and VIP buyers, um, in addition to uh, under offer and also the, the letters that go out or prospect that go out to uh, properties that are already on the market with other estate agents and um we, we've adapted a little bit and we started reviewing the, the results i'm probably the worst client as far as home search is concerned because every <laughs> single week i send the the data to home search and said right tell me of these market appraisals we've booked how many of them um, have had a letter um and that's been going on now for 18 months or so yeah and we first started to get a return on the results and 25 to 26 27 percent of our book market appraisals had had a letter um six months on that started to increase to like the early to mid 30s so effectively you know for every 10 market appraisals we booked um three stroke four of them had had a letter of some sort yeah um another sort of like 12 to 18 months sort of like bringing us back to to where we are today and you know we are hovering around the sort of like 42 to 47 48 percent and what's really interesting is 
when I when I get the data, I look at we we always work from what was the last letter they received. Okay. Um, as in, was that the, the trigger point, or was that the content that that inspired them to give us a call? But it it is it, very much all over the place. You know, we on average. Um, a property address will probably receive two or three letters before they book a market appraisal. There are um, a percentage, albeit a lower percentage, where they've received one letter and they'll give us a call. And then there are a few that may have had 10, 12, 13 yeah. letters over you know, a 12-month period um, that then finally give us a call. Um, but we, we, the returns we get are mainly from the letters we class as good news and VIP, VIP letters. They probably make up around 60 to 70% of, of the content that gets the best result. Um, and yeah, you know, at the moment, the current aim is to see whether we can get it over the 50% mark. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know from when we initially started talking and have carried on talking, and I saw your post in, in, in the homesick community. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, there's no please in this guy. <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's but it's good. You know, I, I said um in, in in my time at home search, like when we'd share internally a good news story such as that, Paul, I'd say this yeah. is great news, but estate agents always want more. So it's like that hedonic treadmill. And it's like if Paul's at twenty five percent, if he gets twenty five percent next time that's probably not good enough. Like it's always kind yeah. of wanting to increase, but I love that you're, you're constantly evolving and looking at, well, what, what are the right things to get better? And ju just on that, you've mentioned good, good news story and, and VIP. Can you just, for the listeners that m might not know what that means, can you elaborate on exactly without giving away too many secrets? Is that kind of what that means when you talk about good news story and VIPs? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, good news story is basically um, when we've so sold a property um, we will write to um, the vicinity of where that property is situated to other identical properties or, you know, if it's a semi-detached, we'll send it out to a semi-detached. If it's a detached, we'll send it out to a detached, et cetera, et cetera. And we will basically put some content in there saying, you know, good news, we've just sold um, this property um, and we'll put pictures of the property on the letter. Yeah. Um, and we will then just give a very small, um, description of what happened in terms of what was the activity like on that property yeah um and go on to say that you know if you're you know thinking of selling give us a call we'd be happy to come out and um have a chat with you and kind of like let you know what's going on in the marketplace um and we also add again like a final paragraph in terms of you know if you're not thinking of moving apologies um but if you know of somebody who is please pass on this letter to them and uh, we will pay you um, £150 worth in vouchers from a shop of your choice. And do you so get, do you get much, but do you get many people? Um, at the moment we've only paid, we've given three people vouchers. Okay. But still uh, that's that, which three is more you wouldn't, you, but, three, but three you potentially wouldn't have had. Correct. And, and what's yeah. that? So that's 400, that's £450 paid out. But you're, let's say, arguably, you let's say you, you convert one in three. So you've gone out to three yeah, market it, appraisals. One of those has ended up in business, let's say, and let's just call it uh, a UK average fee of three grand. I'm just going to go 1% on 300 grand. You yeah. invested 450 quid. 
to return three grand it's a no-brainer yeah absolutely absolutely there's there's and it's you know it's going back to you know just offering or giving offering to give that person who's got you know no interest in selling something from us yeah, yeah. Um, for the inconvenience of um you know sending a letter through 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 their front door yeah, yeah. um you know as far as the vips are concerned that is where we have got an active buyer that that wants to buy um, but they can't find anything or we haven't got anything that's suitable to them. And we will just send out a, a small story about that individual um, in terms of who they are, what they're looking for, uh, what their position is, you know, how motivated they are. And said, look, if you're thinking of selling, then, then give us a call. Yeah. And it's the better the story um, and I don't mean as in a made-up story, but the more in, more basic information we can give about the individual, the better response we have because, you know, it, the, the impression that we're getting from the people we're talking to is that they accept that that is a genuine buyer. You know, yeah. we've given them a reason why they're buying. Um, we've given them specific details. And it's not just, you know, we have a buyer that wants to buy your house. It's making it far more personal. And interestingly, um, the VIP letters create far more telephone calls in terms of we I remember we, we had uh, one person ring us up and basically say, look, I'm a car salesman. I know what goes on in the sales industry. Is this a genuine buyer? And it was, well, yeah, it definitely is. You know, if you are interested in this and we bought a market appraisal on the guy's house. Um, and they're also very good for generating chains. You know, in terms of, you know, we'll have a seller that can't find somewhere. We'll put a, a VIP letter out. That then generates a market appraisal instruction. Probably 50% of the um, VIP instructions are one-off viewings for that one individual that we've got. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, we do agree sales on, on the back of that too. Love it. And, and you said, so with the kind of recently sold, the, the VIP buyer, Really interesting what you say about like the specific story. So you could have a, let's say, generic recently sold where it's a picture recently sold. We have buyers in your area. But the fact that you're saying perhaps, you know, it had uh, 10 viewings, you know, five people wanted to buy it. Four people missed out, you know, only one yeah. could buy it. Four people missed out on this three bed semi at 250 grand. You know, if you've got a similar home and are thinking of moving and want them to, to have a look and get in touch, they're going to go. That hasn't just been sent out to a hundred homes just yeah. generically. And then the again the, the buyer thing, we've all had business cards with confidence slips, letters through our door saying we have Mr. X wanting to live in your area, and people think BS. But again, if you get a letter through the door saying Simon and Louise are looking for a four-bed detached, ensuite to master utility room, uh, would like a garage, uh, they want to be on the poets estate because of the school catchment. You're reading that going, yeah. it's just described my house. And that's not just being sent yeah. out to the to the whole estate. So I love that. And in terms of 60, 70% of, of, I think you said, of results coming from that, I remember us having this conversation because I think you and I had had a, a meeting, whether it was over Zoom or, or when I came to see you guys, where it was like, how can we get more traction on the secondhand market? And I was sort of saying, well, Paul, and obviously this was during the boom, COVID market, it's like, look at how much property is selling first time round. What you need to be doing is shouting about your successes and your buyers so that you are that first agent through a door. Because if you're sending, like everyone else does, letters to the second the second hand stock, 
the it's one two yeah. percent the market and then you're competing with dozens yeah. of other agents like go concentrate where no one else is going to yeah. concentrate on it yeah the 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 results that we receive from properties that are already on the market are considerably lower yeah and it, which to me is surprising although he's not now we've gone down this journey with home search but i would have always said 18 months ago that you know they're the people that that want to sell they're the people that are on the market they can't sell for whatever reason more people of more of that type of person is going to reach out to us but that's not proven to be the case yeah it's yeah it's incredible i think again a lot of agents speak to they go why why would i go target these properties that are off the market mm. when you've got these ones with boards outside saying yeah. for sale and i can help them it's like well if everyone's going down that route what's the complete opposite where you're going to stand out yeah. and it's uh, again sam said it in his podcast recently and i've quoted this twice now uh creating urgency in the market yes. there will be so many yeah. people out there wanting to move and it's just speak yeah. not that process um yeah. i think and, and interesting sorry go on. Oh, no go on paul go on i was going to say interestingly that the more we go down this road the more braver we're becoming in terms of, of some of the things that we're putting in there. And, you know, I'm actively encouraging the staff to say, look, tell me something more about this buyer. Tell me what's unique about them. And there was one that came through a couple of weeks ago in terms of um, it, it was an elderly couple looking to retire uh, from one area that we cover to another area we cover by another office. And their main criteria was to be close to the shops and a pub. <laughs> and i and i got the email through and i thought do i include that should i put that in and i thought mm, yeah let's do it and basically mr and mrs x um looking to move from x to y um quite open about what they want to buy this is the price range they're looking to buy in most important criteria is they need to be close to the shops and ideally a pub exclamation mark yeah. we've not had a response yet but let, let's see let's see what that generates yeah, but I again, I think it's that that extra personal bit, and it's a pattern disruptor. People are gonna, you know, re yeah. read that and pay attention as opposed to we have buyers for your home or we need more houses. They're like they've they've heard it all before. Um, so we've had quite a love in for home search there. So Sam, please do send me a check in the post from Australia. <laughs> um, but I I wanted to start with that because I know you've had fantastic successes with direct mail, and a lot of agents I speak to go, "What's the secret?" um i don't think there's such a you know uh a secret to it but you've been so consistent haven't you like seriously yeah. consistent with it as well and yeah it's seen that compound effect over time with the consistency yeah the, the the downside for me to it all is it's me that's still doing it um i've not been brave enough to, to pass it over to somebody else yet um and i would just recommend to anyone that just get one person to do it one one person that understands the property market understands the state agency and has the ability to be able to chop and change the content based upon yeah. the story that you're trying to tell because then you get far more consistency in an ideal world i'd like to give it to um you know each branch to you know actively do it but I just know that there won't be the consistency there because they're busy, you know, they've got other stuff to do. Yeah. And prospecting isn't always the most important thing or the top on the top of their agenda. Yeah. No, I, I think that's absolutely sound advice. And I think that a lot of agents listening to this will be sitting off in their chairs and going, I really need to really listen to that and, and take action on it. Um, so no, brilliant. So 
Um, I'm actually going to go slightly off piece now because I've just remembered something. Um, you did a marketing campaign when the World Cup was on. Oh God, yeah. How how much um, how much did that set you back, and did it did it work well? And could you explain what that was? Yeah, we we basically God, I completely forgot about this. We basically said that um, we'd pay a certain amount of money, didn't we, for every goal that was scored in the World Cup. Um, by, by and it was in the, that's it by England by, okay. and um, it, it, it was you know a, a campaign to generate new instructions in December um, for 2023 and um, we got a very good response um, I couldn't believe it after the first match <laughs> I don't, I'm not actually that interested in football um, and I can't remember. We got, I remember scoring a shed load of goals thinking, oh, God, what, 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 what's going to go on here? Um, I can't remember what we paid out, if I'm being completely honest with you. But it, it was definitely a worthwhile campaign. I think what was why it worked was, you know, the World Cup was in December. Um, so it was a completely different thing to do. Yeah. It generated a lot, of, a lot of a big talking point for us when we went out onto the market appraisals. Um, and yeah, worked worked very well. I think I remember messaging you uh, when the, was it the fifth or sixth goal went in? <laughs> I've been like, oh, <laughs> you're right. Um, but again, it's it's that traction. It's doing something uh, different and, be, and being relevant as well, yeah. um, which I, I really like. So um, we've mentioned about um, home search. Is there is there any other like, uh, and I've, we've probably not had this conversation, but is there any other like tech um, or um i don't know mobile phone apps or chrome extensions is there anything else you subscribe to or use in the business um that has that's been brilliant for you guys um i'll be completely honest no um i mean the other off offshoot to home search is the um off market property searches and um we we monitor that in terms of Every letter that we send out has a QR code to the off-market property search. Um, we talk about it a lot to customers internally. Yeah. And on average, at the moment, somewhere between 40 and 60 off-market property searches are taking place on that software every single day, which mainly is a result of the letters that we're sending out. But it's another... You know, it generates leads, it generates, you know, potential market appraisals. Yeah. But aside from, from what it generates from us, it is a very, very good talking point that, that we can have with our potential clients or our existing clients um, yeah. to, to, to point out that, that we are doing something a lot different. I, I, I think that um, what I find interesting as well, and, and it's worked brilliantly for, for estate agents, is like heads up alert, sneak peek. So take a look at this property a day, a few days, a week before it goes to market and it's in a Facebook group or it's emailed out, whatever, whatever. But how many agents are actually saying, Paul, tell me where you want to live and I will mm. go and try and find it for you. That's not, I'll let you know a week before anyone else knows. It's, I'll go and try and find it for you. And that's a, a real differentiator. And again, good use of technology, modern day. Yeah. I literally put a, an Instagram thing out today uh, that was off the success of QR codes. And I was like, they've been around for three years now in, in, yeah. in a state agency, obviously been around a lot longer than that. Um, but 
prominent with with COVID. It's like how many agents are actually using them. Um, and then, yeah, the off-market search tool. So to get between 40, 60 searches a day and people are going on to that and they might have spent months on Rightmove, Zoopla, on the market. They might have been on your website and they're scrolling through and seeing the same old properties. They're waiting for that mm. one to come up on Smith Street. But then they go on to yeah. that tool and they go, hang on a minute. It's saying there's a dozen yeah. properties around that area. Maybe I want to in- inquire about them. And um, I've seen quite a few polls done where typically more than half of, of sellers want to find their next home before they sell their own. We do it backwards yes. in this country, don't we? So it's like, okay, yeah. stop asking for free valuations because they're wanting to find first. Let me help you find your next home. So again, really interesting. Um, again, trial and error, spotting how, how that works. And in terms of your uh, off-market tool, which again, Sam, if you're listening, I need another check from Australia. Um, but you, am I right in saying, do you have it on your email footer? Um, it's on your website as well? Yeah, it is. We, you know, we've, we've got a, um, oh, what do they call them? We Like a, a square that pops up in the corner. The widget web kind of thing. Or whatever. That's it, a widget. Yeah. Um, you know, offering them to do an off-market, you know, property search. Um, we promote it heavily through social media on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, in towards you know, to I think the catchment is something lines up, you know, fed up of not being able to find somewhere on right move, try yeah. our off market property search tool, and again, we can then capture information. Um, so yeah, you know, very, very, very good. And the only other thing that, that comes to mind that, um, we're getting a great response of talking about sort of like promo type stuff are the um Matterport 3D interactive tours. Um, we've um probably done more of those in 2023 than we have done in the whole of 2022 um it's a great tool that we use to talk to to to, to sellers and say look you know this is a great way to maximize the interest in the property you know we need your property to stand out in the crowd um because as more properties come to the market you've got more competition um and the amount of um virtual viewings that are taking place through the tours are increasing like week on week at the moment yes again it's interesting how again times have changed over the past couple of years with covid and and speeding off in technology i i saw a a stat from right move recently that uh if you have sort of video on your right move listing uh it increases inquiries by 31 percent So, for example, if you were to prospect properties on the market with another agent in the direct mail piece, it could be a QR code to an example Matterport tour saying in that content. Did you know that being with an agent that has a video gives you 31% more inquiries? More inquiries means more viewings, more chance of offer, da-da-da-da-da. So, yeah, that's that's interesting um, there as well. So, I I think I might have asked you this before, but... remind me it's about half a dozen branches where you are roughly sorry just said an assignment sorry i cut out a little bit is it is it about half a dozen branches you've got paul yeah we've got um seven residential sales offices and then we've got um residential lettings um financial services and also um, a survey department and the business has been established since when 1992 Okay, year after I was born. Um, that makes is that how young you are? <laughs> no, um, that makes some people feel old. Uh, listen to that. So, a very, very well established business that's been around for thirty years. 
yeah. or several branches, it could be so easy to have ignored that marketing email from Home Search uh, a couple of years ago and stay in the lane that you're in. So what what is it about you and, and in that business where you are open-minded, I don't know, forward-thinking, not not resting on your laurels? You said you want your conversion rate on letters to go up. Because I, yeah. I come across a lot of agents that would go, oh, that won't work in my area, or what can you tell me? I've been doing it 30 years. So what's what's going on in your mind there? Um, it's, I think, being completely honest with you, through COVID, um, I had quite a wake-up call in terms of, I could see that we were, we, we'd lost market share through COVID, and quite possibly and naively, um, as a company, we we followed the rules that were laid down through the lockdown and all of the rest of it. We didn't um, we didn't completely shut down, but there there was always a, a a a percentage of staff working from behind the scenes. Um, and I had assumed that what we were doing um, was generating the level of business that was within the marketplace at that particular time. And it wasn't until we the market started gaining the momentum that we all now know that it did um that we just were not generating the inquiries that we should have done or what we had done before and that the your or the home search email was very timely in terms of coming through at a time where i was also thinking we need to do something differently and although we had used similar types of software in the past for, for me, what I, what I liked was the functionality that, that the software had in terms of how we could pinpoint, um, you know, exactly the type of person that, that we wanted and the fact that we could um, make sure we weren't sending out prospecting letters to properties that were that had tenants living in them mm. was probably the, the biggest appeal at that moment in time. That, that I then knew that I could just target people that lived in the houses that owned them. Yeah. yeah. So that was the, the the biggest thing, and it it that wake up call was kind of led on to um, listening to a, a lot more um, you know industry type people from outside of my comfort zone or outside of my area, and you know I've been in the business now since I think it was eighty eight eighty nine. Um, and, you know, have gone from corporate to independent, back to corporate independent until finally becoming self-employed. And over time, if you're not careful, you do lose sight of what's going outside of, of the bigger marketplace. Um, and the, the big wake up call was, you know, you need to find out what's going on out there to pull in new ideas and come up with different things to do. Love that. And in terms of you saying, what was it, 88, 89 that you? Yes. So way before you were born. Yep. Um, you're, you said that, not me. Um, that's going to lead nicely into something I wanted to ask, but you joined the industry when the base rates were 10, 12, 15%. And yeah. the market had a bit of a crash. I'm good, let's just blame you for that, Paul. Yeah. When you joined the industry, okay, I was the cool. same. In I was the same in '07. The market went a bit, bit wrong yeah. after that. So, what could you kind of share with agents today from the learnings you've had from working that market, where 
you know, the rates are very high in the late 80s and then also the sort of 08, 09, because there's a lot of agents out there now who I think are nervous of perhaps investing money and are cutting back because they see what the media are saying and they get nervous. Um, but I think there's others who, been there, done that, got the T-shirt and are mm. ploughing forward because they know, look, you don't want to start breaking on the ice. Like, yeah. you, you want to just keep going through it. So is there yeah. any advice you could give? Any agents yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you know, going back to ATA, I think I I became um, an estate agent. I think it was two or three months before Joint Myris um, was was abolished. So I kind of like came into a market for two or three months where it was like, wow, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. The phone won't won't stop ringing. People won't stop, you know, asking for us to for help. All of a sudden, going to absolutely zero. It was quite literally like hitting a brick wall you know we went from the phones ringing to the phones not ringing and we then went through a period of years where back then um if a lender wanted to to repossess a property they did um whereas today it's you know that they take a very um different attitude towards it all um and you know i think what i would say to anyone is no matter what is going on, there will always be a property market. There, there will always be someone that has got to sell a house. There'll always be someone that's got to buy a house. And it's a case of, you know, working that market. Historically, as a company, we have always done better um, in a tougher market. I, I don't know why, you know, whether it's because we we dig in deeper um, and, you know, Perhaps we've rested on our laurels a little bit sometimes in a in a in a buoyant market, um, but you know going back to the 0708 crash, um, the, the the following year um, we had one of the best years we ever ever had historically within the company, and you know it, it's not just me. I've got other people close close to to me in the business that have been through it in the past, and it's it often is quite simply a case of reviewing. Well, what did we do back then? um yeah. can we do it again if we can't can we do it but change it slightly um and you you've literally got to just keep pushing on and i won't sit here and pretend that it that it's easy because it's not um you know financially it, it it's very very difficult because you're balancing thinking i need to spend money um to i also need to, to save yeah. money <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know don't get me wrong towards the back end of last year we came very, very close to seriously reducing uh, the amount of spend that we were spending on on prospecting. And I just thought, you know what, we can't do that. You know, if, if you look at look at our results, you know, you, you could argue all day long that those some of those market appraisers would have contacted us anyway. Of course. Yeah. And they, they probably would have done. But equally, I'll never know how many wouldn't have called us if we yeah. hadn't have sent the letter? Um, and, you know, you've got to have a budget, you've got to have the funds to be able to do it. Um, but, you know, don't don't stop marketing the business. You know, that that is probably the, the one thing I would say. Love that. And it's the first thing that usually stops, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. On, on that. So um, just on a, a couple of bits you were saying, now, I'm, I'm going to proper geek out on data for a second. You know I like to do that. <laughs> um, so... If you look at back at the late eighties, early nineties, uh, when you joined the industry and uh, etc., unemployment was double, if not triple, what it is now. 
Um, unemployment was pretty much double uh, what it is now in 0809. We've got a 40 year historic low. Uh, so many people being in employment might explain why inflation is so high because people keep going out to spend <laughs> money. Um, what I found fascinating, I've just looked at this the other day. Um, first time buyers make up about a third of the market. And you would think with yeah. warehouse prices have gone and base rates going up, you think first time buyers would be exiting the market. Far from it. Yeah, they're, still, yeah. they're still there because rents have risen so much. And actually, yeah. um, they're getting money from bank mum and dad uh, or grandparents. Um, and it's crazy the the average deposit they put down. And a lot of first time buyers are now going more along the lines of 35, 40 year mortgages and just stretching out that payment to reduce the, the term monthly. Um, which found very, very interesting as well. Now, in terms of uh, the number of properties on the market as well, what's, can you give me one of your postcode districts, Paul? Yeah, try um, B72. Okay, so uh, this is like live um, action thing in the podcast, which I've never done before. So this could go terribly wrong. Um, so what I'm going to do is, uh, for the postcode you just gave me, I'm going to look back to this time in 2009. So we're in the depths of a terrible market, right? Yeah. At that moment in time, there were 41% more properties for sale in that postcode than there are now. Okay. That's why prices, I mean, there was various things going on. We had a worldwide recession, yeah. but essentially basic economics, you had loads of houses on the market and not enough people to buy them. Yes, there's 41% less property on the market right now. Yeah. And there's still buyers wanting to buy them, which to me, again, I'm no economist, but says to me, we are not in the 0809 or late 80s market. So perhaps the, me look, the media have got uh, obviously a hit, uh, not a hidden interest. It's very obvious, they, you know, negativity sells, but mm -hmm. not trying to be unrealistically optimistic to be realistic about it. Like you said earlier, people still need to move house. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah um no interesting right okay so you've been in um a state agency since before i was born again you said it earlier not me what what what's the best piece of advice you've been given in all that time um i remember a long long time ago and i can't even remember who said it to me but they said don't lie to somebody <laughs> don't make stuff up um and you know going back to the early 90s in the corporate world you know it it, it was very easy to get you know not not caught out that's the wrong word but carried away with the yeah the targets that you had to achieve as an individual as an office to try and get deals put together um and when you're young and naive you don't kind of like look at the bigger picture yeah. and as you get older and perhaps more wiser you realize that that is just you know you just shouldn't do it you should never do it and you know some this, this person told me that years ago and I'll, I'll repeat it to my staff now you know if there is a problem hit it head on yep. explain what the problem is and work through the problem to, to try and come to a solution you know if you start making stuff up it will catch you out um and you know you know we're too professional or we should be too professional to do that yeah i love that really estate agency your problem solvers and solution providers yeah and if there's a problem tell them there's a problem and then, right, here's a solution. Because if you just tell them a problem and then just shut up, it's like, no, yeah. say, say how you think you're going to find a solution to it. And I laughed out loud when you said, don't lie. Because on my first day of work experience in the summer of 2007, I asked a lady, and when I see her now, she, she still says it. Um, do you remember that advice I gave you? She said, always be honest. 
Yeah. That was the first piece of advice she gave me. And uh, that and always look 90 days ahead. Those yeah. are the two pieces of advice that really stuck with me over my years in the state agency. Um, so, no, I love that. Right. Final question of the podcast. Um, I ask this to pretty much every guest I have come on. Um, but we're going to take you out of uh, the sort of Birmingham sort of area. You're going to come down the motorway to Newport Pagnell, Milton Keynes sort of area. No one knows you. You're, you've moved home um, for whatever reason. You've got a blank check. Money's no object. You want to go out and get some listings today and grow your listings for tomorrow. What are the first things Paul Ivans is doing to go out and um, I, you make a lot of assumptions in that opening statement in terms of would anyone go and open an estate agent in an area they don't know? I don't think that they would. Um, and I don't think anyone would have a budget of, of absolutely no no limits. Yes, take away. Um, so, so being realistic, um, I would I would turn that around to you and say I'd only go and open in an area that I knew um, I like that. Or, okay. even, or even lived in. Um, and I would certainly make sure that I've got a budget that wouldn't dictate um, how I operated that business. And, and what I mean by that is, is that, you know, before you open the business, you've got to make sure you've got a, a, a budget that would, would enable you to promote that business for a given period of time. Because if you if you haven't got that budget and you're not able to promote you will start making decisions that aren't necessarily the best for the business in terms of like growth, prosperity and, and all of the rest of it. Um, so I think I'd have to argue on, on your opening statement on those two points. Yeah. Brilliant. But um, I think w- what I would then probably do is to get my, my name out there to um, start building a reputation and providing I had the budget um, I would offer the first 50, perhaps 100 listings that I'll do it for nothing. Um, And we did that once. Um, One of the offices we opened, um, the the first 100 listings were going to be free of charge. Um, And we, okay, we we weren't, we were new-ish to the area, but we had offices that surrounded that area. So people knew our name. Um, And... I think we took a hundred properties on. It was a while ago now, but I think we did it within seven to eight weeks. So we instantly had a stock um, that then generated leads, inquiries. We were obviously able to sell financial services, um, solicitor referrals and all the rest of it off the back of those. Um, But most importantly, we gained board presence. And, you know, even today with all of the tech, boards still be broad <laughs> yeah no, absolutely well I, I love that you've you've challenged me on that and i really like the answer i've not had anyone say that um so i'm, I'm glad i asked it and um on that point i think that is a, a nice place to, to end the podcast so paul i want to say thank you very much for coming on uh, and being a guest and, and bringing such value to the listeners i really appreciate it no no well, thank you for the invite and uh, all the very best to you in your in the future Thank you, Paul.